Hello and you're very welcome to the Life Changes podcast brought to you by Westmeath Libraries and supported by Creative Ireland. Over the course of this 10-part series, we'll be talking to local people from all walks of life about various changes they've made and how those decisions have enriched and improved the quality of their lives. You'll hear interesting stories from all sorts of people sharing their own unique and inspiring reflections on new directions. Retired teacher and local historian Tom Hunt will be no stranger to many of the GAA fraternity. Recently, he met up with Anne-Marie Kelly to chat about the career changes which have kept him inspired and why the GAA remains a lifelong vocation. So if I was to ask you to describe yourself in a couple of lines, Tom, how would you describe yourself? How would I? Yeah, that's not easy, is it? Um, <laughs> native of Waterford. Living in Mullingar since 1975, married to Mary, retired teacher, do a bit, a bit of writing now, involved in GA, like my music, do a lot of reading. That's about it. So, were you a reluctant teacher, or did you fall into it? What, what you know, or was it like, oh, I have to be a teacher now? I've done that. I wanted to be a teacher, I suppose. Yeah. You did. For I did. Yeah. I suppose I was probably. Influenced by a teacher in Carrickanshire CBS, Liam Hogan, who taught me English and history, and I ended up teaching English for a while, and history and geography were my main subjects. So, yeah, I had this idea in my mind that I would want to be a teacher. And that teacher that influenced you, what, was it something about the way he taught? Uh, it probably was, yeah, yeah, he was a very, very learned man, and... He was inspiring. So important, isn't it? Because, you know, it actually makes you enjoy the subject even more when you like your teacher. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like, teaching is so, can be so inspiring and so uninspiring as well, I suppose, for <laughs> students, yeah. How many it's, years were you teaching then? I taught from, in Mullingar Community College from January 75 until I uh, retired with uh, 10th anniversary soon, 29th of February 2012. So you did it ahead of your time? A bit, yeah, a bit. You're, you're, how old are you now? Uh, well, I won't, uh, that's not for disclosing, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a secret. Undetermined Undeter- age, is that it, yeah. You know, listen, I like mystery, it's good. Okay, so yes. we won't say, but I worked out that you've taught for t- 37 yeah, years. So. Yeah, yeah, Okay, but you didn't reach... was it, yeah. So you, I didn't, thought, yeah. you didn't reach... Maturity, which... I never have. <laughs> there's, st- there's still all life in the dog yet. I haven't it? reached that yet. Yeah. What was your approach then? Would you would you have been at one with them? Would you have related to them, or would you have been strict with them? Yeah, well, I'd like I'd like to think I would have been at one of them. Uh, strict, yeah, uh, yeah, reasonably strict, I suppose. Uh, but I think the secret to a fulfilling teaching career is not to take yourself too serious. <laughs> and when I learned that lesson, probably in my last twenty years, maybe that it, it became. I won't say easy, but... You relax, did you? You, do, you relax, yeah. You do. And it's, uh, what does taking yourself too seriously mean? Does it mean that you over-worry or overthink it? Is it or? That maybe, maybe you're expecting too much from yourself and from students and so on. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, get, yeah. so whatever they give you, you take it's, it. It's a positive, yeah. Okay, it's okay. positive, yeah. Right. Yeah. So then, like, you left... And did you have a plan <laughs> or were you too busy to worry about plans? I was actually uh, commissioned at the time to do the history of the Olympic Council of Ireland. 
the history of the Olympic Council of Ireland. And on Ireland at the Olympics. <laughs> you had been interested in compiling history or archiving history, had you? I suppose I always, <laughs> I always wanted to go back and do something else in, uh, for my own education. And sometime in the, I think it might have been the, the late 1990s, there was a diploma in local history. And I did that, which I suppose provided the foundation for a whole new career, yeah. in a sense. Um, uh, from that, I did a master's in local history in Minute. I stumbled into doing a PhD in, in history. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and it, that was never a part of my plans because I would never have taught that. But the time. I would have the academic wherewithal to be able to complete that. But I stumbled into that and finished my PhD in, the, in probably three and a half years, part time, which was uh, fast. And that, I suppose, provided the foundation. That was essentially in sports history. By the sounds of it, you know, retiring early has been very beneficial to you because you've the energy to work much harder than you, by the sounds of it, in the community. The key thing, I suppose, as well, is I have been... I have been very lucky with my health. I, my health, my health is, is very good, hopefully. <laughs> and um, that, like that, that is key, and that is yeah. the most important thing of all. And unfortunately, uh, when I say that, I can only think of one thing. My brother, 12 weeks ago, walked into a restaurant in Waterford with a delivery of meat leaned down on the table and collapsed and died. Oh, That's Tom, I'm sorry 100%, to hear that. 100% sudden death. Oh. That's absolutely shocking and devastating. and it just, It's just so sad and so bad. So, man with so much to do and had given so much to the community. Was he your younger brother? Yeah, my youngest brother, yeah. My youngest brother, yeah, so. How do you deal with that, Tom? I'm sure you're still dealing with it. How, how do you deal with it? It's, it's, there is, I don't think you can deal with it in, in, in certain ways. Like, there's just a gap there. He, he had much the same interests as I had. We would have been close. Our father died young, as we thought, but he actually was 62. It was young. Yeah. But Patrick was only 56. And the last conversation we had, we were talking about books. And he, he spoke about, uh, he said, our daddy was a, was a good reader, great reader, you were like that. And yes. I said, if daddy was alive, if they had a technology that, that's available today, he might, might be still alive. And yeah. yet, less than 48 hours later, Patrick himself was gone. And the last thing he said to me was, I'll be looking for you now next year to get Larry McCarthy down, that's tw this 2022, he died in November. I'd be looking for you to get Larry McCarthy down to open our new pitch. He has been up to his neck in developing a, a new pitch in Tlenay, a new, a, new, a new hurling pitch. And that had been his... His... Baby. Driving, yeah, oh, absolutely his baby, yeah. He, he made it happen. He made it happen. And 56. There wasn't... Oh, 56, yeah. 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 He didn't think he was under any threat. I didn't think he was under any threat. Nobody thought he was under any threat. At that kind of grief as well, when they don't reach a certain age, you know, I'm only, my own experience is, is from, you know, my mother, but she would have been older, you know, she would have lived her life. And, yeah. Uh, it came easier because you're kind of expecting it. But that kind of a sudden death, I'm sure it hits you harder when you're in a shop, say, and you're looking at something and you finally realise, my God. Oh, yeah, like, there'd be phone calls you'd be making and you'd, he was very interested in politics and so on. I'd be 
slagging each other about, you know, and you, you see this, oh, I'm probably be watching that now, I'll be ringing him up, are you watching this? And right, yeah. <laughs> but again, it's never easy, like your mother or my mother was in her 80s. Yeah. When she died as well. But I don't know, I don't know, is, is it ever, I don't know what's worse if you you know somebody is dying. I had this conversation on Saturday with, some, with a friend of mine. Uh, you don't know if you're, somebody has a terminal diagnosis and you're there for months and you know there, there is no, there is no um, way back. There's no way back. Mm. Like, it's, I don't know what's, what's worse. Well, look, I, sorry to hear that, Tom, you know. But, yeah, yes, it's, I suppose I still, obviously I still talk about it. Of course, and tell you have people, to, don't tell you? people about it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if you don't, um, it's not real almost, isn't it? You need to talk about it and people need to talk to you about it. We shouldn't be hiding away from it. I know I wouldn't have been great at maybe you meet, you meet people who had a bereavement in a family and you're kind of, I'd be reluctant to talk about it. Yeah. But now I, I can appreciate that, how welcoming it is maybe when people... Well, it releases talk, something, t- doesn't talk, it? Talk about it, yeah, and say, sorry to hear it, and so on. That's it. Yeah. Have you any, any plans for another book, or do you think that... Another book, yeah. One in, I, is there one in here? I, there's possibly. I had one recently on, a, there's a minute local history series. It's, it's a series of pamphlets, or I suppose short books. I had one recently on, a, I suppose, an administrator in the West Meachy, and, and later on a national politician, Padre Cowan, who was a, a man of many, a, a multifaceted career, interesting career, and he was involved in many of the main happenings in Irish history from 1919, 1920. War of Independence, Civil War. Mm. Then he, came, he was based as an army officer in Athlone and became involved in Westmeath GA. And for 10 years, he was essentially set, established Westmeath GA on a sound footing. Right. He retired. At that stage, he was living in Dublin, had qualified as a solicitor. He had left the army, got involved in politics, was in the Labour Party, became a founding member of Clown Republic. Uh, he finished in bad times. He ended up losing his... I mean, struck off the list of solicitors, become bankrupt. He served a term in prison. Right. And came out and wrote a, a wonderful pamphlet, really, on the prison situation and the need for prison reform in Ireland. Wow. Before his sudden death then in the early 1960s. So why do you do this? Do you think it's to do with keeping these people alive so it gets passed on? I, why did I do that one? Is it enough? Why not I did just, that one? Not just that one. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's a history in general. Is it because in case we forget, is it? Why do we do history? Well, I, why do we, yeah, yeah, I do it, I think, because it's a story worth telling. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, the, um, uh, on a account is obviously a, a minority. I just stumbled across him, really. I was, uh, I did some research into the opening, uh, the development of Cusick Park in Mullingar, and this guy, I came across this guy, and I knew nothing about his political career. Interesting, though. And the people who wrote about his political career knew absolutely nothing about his GA involvement, which was massive. And then suddenly, he leaves the GA behind and he doesn't come back to it. Right. But the Cusack for stand... Was, for some of us, it's a life sentence. But, but Cusack Park is there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did you just say GA is a life sentence? I'm just going to say that, yeah. Did you think I'd ignore that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for some people it is, yeah. And some people, I'm, probably for me, it's, it's a lifelong involvement. Is your brother's... The place who's developing, is that going to continue? Oh, it will, yeah. It's actually, it was ready almost. It was ready for seeding. It was ready for seeding. And there's only one thing it can be called. 
I know, yeah. Porky, talk of you. Lovely. Has to be, because as well as that, he liked the Irish language, which I'm afraid I can't say the same thing. It's a lovely word, me. lovely phrase though, isn't it? Yes. Park of you. Park of you, yeah. Yeah. And his son, of course, would play there. Oh yeah, yeah. And I suppose one other book I should mention probably was in 2000, Christmas 2000, I was very much involved in the Castletown Gagan St. Malachy's GA history. I, I suppose, in a sense, I edited that and wrote the text, I suppose, but that, that, that was turned out to be just great team, with a brilliant team working, and it turned out to be a fabulous production. Wonderful GA people out there with great collection of pictures accumulated over the years, so that the book, it looked fantastic. Are we aware that the GAA is, is the heart of our Irish life? Oh, I think we are. The weekend was the weekend of the Junior All-Ireland Club Championships and Inter Intermediate Club Championships in Hurlingham football. Mm. And it was their, their finalist day out in Crow Park. And if you, you couldn't see a better example, I suppose, of the GA being at the heart of the community. Which you had Munkine, you had Bally Giblin from Cork, you had uh, Kilmiley from Kerry, you had Nace from, from Kildare playing on Saturday, and then you had Trim, you had Breen Oaks from Derry, you had uh, Neve Gwilla from Kerry, and uh, Mayo team that won, won the, won the, won the uh, junior football. And they, these were parish occasions. There was nobody. I'd say nobody left behind in the, in the uh, eight parishes involved. And like, if you want to see the GA at the heart of the community there. Yeah. Well, look, it's, it's been really wonderful speaking to you. You know, you're manoeuvring your life however way you see fit. And in a funny way, you prepared yourself for your retirement. In a way, I don't call it your retirement. No, actually, that's, yeah. You <laughs> it's not called retirement anymore for you anyway. It's just a yeah. new part of your life. It's retirement from... The day job. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's yeah. to own. It's to. It's instead of paid labour now. It's voluntary labour, <laughs> all the way.